The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Jeffrey Epstein will remain behind bars while he awaits trial on sex trafficking charges. Manhattan federal judge Richard Berman said this morning that prosecutors had established that Epstein posed a flight risk and that was at the heart of his decision not to grant him bail. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English. Bob, Epstein asked to be allowed to await trial at his Manhattan mansion with electronic monitoring and a private security team and pledging his fortune of at least $500 million as collateral. It was expected that he wouldn't get home detention, but explain why his case is different from, say, Bernie Madoff or Dominique Strauss-Kahn, who got to stay in what prosecutors referred to as a gilded cage. Well, it really is a decision that is up to the discretion of the judge, June. So different judges may view the same facts and circumstances differently, and some may allow a defendant to remain uh, in uh, home confinement leading up to trial. But in this case, the facts here really checked off so many of the boxes that would give a judge concern about risk of flight and danger to the community that it was not a surprise that Judge Berman did not allow him out. The fact that he had so many assets at his disposal, cash and diamonds, he had houses all over the country, but also internationally. Uh, And I think the judge was concerned about the fact that there was a false passport in his possession in the safe when uh, agents went in and raided his house. Those are the kinds of things that will give any judge pause before he would allow a a defendant in a high-profile case like this to remain out on bail, even under those stringent terms for home confinement. Also, the danger to alleged and potential victims, two alleged victims testified during Monday's bail hearing, pleading with the judge not to grant Epstein bail. That almost made it impossible, didn't it, for the judge to grant bail here? That absolutely was a major factor. While while prosecutors made the argument that Epstein was an extreme flight risk and they said he posed an overwhelming risk of flight, it really seemed to be the danger to the community prong that the judge looked at that really swayed his decision. In fact, he testified, the judge said today that it was at the heart of his decision. And he heard, as you said, from those two alleged victims about the conduct that they alleged Mr. Epstein was engaged in. And the judge also knew about uh, some evidence that Mr. Epstein had wired $350,000 to two potential witnesses, which also raised the question of potential witness tampering. So all of that, I think, weighed heavily on the judge on the danger to the community prong here and also played a significant role in his ultimate decision. So Epstein's lawyers can seek a review before the federal appeals court in Manhattan. But is that really a waste of time and money? Not that Epstein cares about the money aspect of it. 
Well, it's an important issue because obviously the defendant does not want to remain in jail leading up to his trial. And from the standpoint of the defense lawyers, it is much more difficult to prepare a client for trial when you have to go to jail every time to meet with him rather than to meet with him in his house or in your office. So it's likely they will take that shot. But on the other hand, this is a discretionary call. It's something that is largely left to the judge at the trial level, so it's highly unlikely that the appeals court will overturn Judge Berman's decision. Judge Berman isn't known to be a fan of home detention for rich defendants. In 2016, there was a similar request for home detention for a rich defendant, and he said it was unreasonable because it helps to foster inequity and unequal treatment in favor of a very small cohort of criminal defendants who are extremely wealthy. But wealthy defendants have advantages at every stage of a trial proceeding because they have so many resources. So should a judge treat them differently at the bail stage? Well, they are treated differently to the extent that one of the issues in bail is risk of flight. And one of the ways to rebut risk of flight is to post significant assets that will be seized by the government if you don't show up at trial. So almost by definition, those with more assets to post have a better chance of getting out of jail. But you're uh, getting out of jail uh, pre-trial leading up to the actual trial. But as you pointed out, June, this particular judge seems to be concerned about what appears to be a two-tiered system of justice here, because in that similar case you're referring to, the judge said that, that it fostered inequity and unequal treatment in favor of a very small group of defendants, those who can not only post significant assets, but also someone who could pay for 24-hour security, which really narrows that down to a very small group of defendants. Bob, Judge Berman said that his opinion would be available fairly soon. It's going to be a 30 to 34-page opinion. Is that a normal length or a usual length for a bail hearing? Well, it's a little more involved than the usual bail hearing, but there are a lot of issues here because there are a lot of facts that relate to the potential flight risk here, has to do with all of his assets. The judge was apparently not particularly satisfied with the disclosure made by the defendant, so I think there was some concern that there may be other assets out there that weren't disclosed. There were significant amounts of cash. There were diamonds. There was the raid on his house, which found uh, uh, lewd photographs of what appeared to be uh, underage girls, which also concerned the judge. So there's a lot of issues, and I think the judge wants to be very careful to make sure that his written opinion addresses each and every one of those things because he knows there's a possibility that the defendants will take this up on appeal, and he wants to create a very good record for the appeals court to take a look at this issue. Just about 30 seconds here, but is this a big advantage for the prosecution? Absolutely. It would have been, I think, a major setback to allow this defendant to remain out on bail uh, uh, pending his trial, only because the expectation was so high that the judge would not release him. So it would have given the, the prosecutors uh, a, a shot at the very beginning of the trial that favored the defense, and that was not something that they wanted to start off with in what's going to be a very contentious and expensive trial. Thanks so much, Bob. That's Robert Mintz. He's a partner at McCarter in English. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.